Welcome to the Food Peace Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Fertility Nutrition Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now, let's get this party started. Hello, Serena here. Susan is not with me today. We are doing a solo episode and we're really diving into sports nutrition today. So as much as I miss Susan, I'm excited to nerd out about sports nutrition. So before we dive in, we're going to talk about dehydration and how it affects the gut. We're going to talk about runner trots. We're basically going to talk about poop. I mean, what runner doesn't love discussing bowel movements? I basically have decided that now you and I are runner BFFs because we have gotten to a place in our friendship where we can talk about poop. Um, But before we dive in, I kind of want to talk about We're really getting close here. I want to talk about my own personal journey with, you know, runner trots or GI distress during a run. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I oftentimes when I'm speaking to runners will hear things along the lines of, well, I know I should fuel, but I can't because when I fuel, I have to go to the bathroom and it's bad. Or, you know, I I know I should hydrate, but when I do, it's just just so annoying, Serena. I hate carrying my, you know, fueling vest or my hydration vest. And, you know, I want to kind of go way back when I started, you know, back in time. I started running when I was 13. So when I was 13, I literally didn't know anything about running. And I started running and ran through high school and ran, you know, club sport in college. And it wasn't until college that I really started hitting those longer distances. So in college is when I ran my first marathon and really started training for my first half marathon. So all of those distances that are really going to have you out there running for, you know, well over an hour and, you know, borderline two hours or more when training for the marathon. And I realized in college that a funny thing kept happening. So when I first started running when I was, you know, a teenager, I would have a lot of issues with GI stuff. I actually have this really disgusting memory of, you know, running in Homedale Park um, in New Jersey with my, my high school boyfriend and just having a really you know, I don't know if I have to finish the story, but basically it was really embarrassing because I was with my boyfriend and I was a teenage girl and it was like harsh, horror story. And I really had to quickly realize like which foods I could and which foods I couldn't eat before I went running, realizing that things like brand cereal and really high fiber foods before a run did not sit well. And that kind of like took care of my GI issues for a few years. And then when I got to college and started running these longer distances again, I realized that my gut issues were back. So essentially, I would go on these long runs and um, afterwards, I would be trying to fuel, trying to drink, and I would have really bad cramping. I honestly felt like I could not eat anything because the cramping was so severe and I would have diarrhea. Again, really, really beautiful story I'm painting for you here. Um, and that that really like continued into my 20s. So I, 
you know, into my 20s could not figure this out. And I just kind of accepted it as normal where I was like, okay, well, with my body, if I run and, you know, I run long and, you know, that long run threshold was around like 10 miles plus, I just know for the rest of the day, I'm going to feel horrible. I'm going to have diarrhea and I'm going to have cramping and it's going to be really hard to eat and drink. And, you know, what? what's the repercussions there besides just, you know, suffering with cramping and diarrhea is that when you can't eat and drink, you know, your head hurts, you have really low energy, um, you don't recover properly. You know, it has this myriad of other consequences besides just like suffering with the diarrhea and the the cramping. And that kind of continued for years until I started really kind of diving into sports nutrition. I'm reading the literature that's specific to athletes. And I think this is a really important part of the story for so many reasons besides just figuring out the solution to my, you know, cramping and diarrhea. Um, you know, a lot of times as a woman, um, you know, socialized in this culture, this diet culture world, we just hear this message over and over and over and over and again of eat less, exercise more, shrink your body, don't eat too much, avoid carbohydrates, don't eat fried food, don't eat anything fattening, don't eat dessert. Um, don't drink sugar, don't drink sugary beverages. And and that's just like what we internalize as this like blanket recommendation for all women, right? And so when I started reading the sports literature, it was really <laughs> it was a hard pill to swallow. And I feel like I've I've alluded to this before, but it was a hard work pill to swallow because you know, the sports literature says drink sugary beverages. The sports literature says eat carbohydrates, a lot of carbohydrates. You know, the sports literature says eat a lot of protein. Uh, the sports literature says eat a lot of energy, a lot of calories during the day. And so reading all of this was kind of like, wait a second, what? Well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm, you know, a woman who wants to maintain this small body. But that's a whole nother story for another day. But the other important thing I read during my you know, deep dive into like mastering running nutrition was realizing how how important it is for tolerating nutrition, for tolerating hydration, for helping your gut stay healthy as a runner is getting proper hydration, okay? When you are going on a long run, and honestly, I have noticed from doing this for years and just knowing my body, I am very sensitive to heat. I am a very pale, uh, like fair, you know, fair skin, freckled, you know, person. So I have like just, I have that body type, the genetic code that does not make me a friend to hot weather. And I know for me that even if I'm going on a short run, you know, I'm going on a 30, 45 minute run, but it's really humid or hot outside. I'm going to bring hydration with me anyway, just because I'm that sensitive. So, you know, the literature really talks a lot about like runs over two hours, making sure you're hydrating correctly, you know, long runs, hard runs, making sure you're hydrating correctly. But I kind of just want to give you that permission slip to get curious about this for your own personal body, because I know my job is to help me feel as good as possible in my body as often as possible. And part of that solution for me is actually even bringing, you know, a Nathan handheld with some water or sports drink on a 45-minute run if I know it's super-duper hot, okay? So basically between June and like September here in the Northeast, I'm always running with hydration. So 
So why why is this happening, right? So so essentially what I'm saying is that if you are having GI issues, diarrhea, nausea, cramping um, during your run or after your run, I before you do anything else, before you go on a like a low FODMAP diet or you eliminate certain foods, the very first thing I want you to do is play around with your hydration. Okay, because hydration is like the number one cause of malabsorption and kind of disrupting the integrity of your gut as a runner. So the first thing we want to think about is, are we drinking enough on a daily basis? Okay, so are we drinking enough day to day? Not one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm going running in an hour. Let me chug some water. Okay, you should be carrying that water bottle with you everywhere. You should be drinking, you know, I usually say at least 80 ounces minimum a day. And if you're noticing when you're drinking that much, if you're drinking, you know, 100 ounces, 120 ounces, you notice that it kind of makes you feel a little like, dizzy or lightheaded to drink that much water, then making sure you're adding some electrolytes to that, right? So then maybe you pop a noon once or twice a day. Maybe you um, add some Gatorade to that. Maybe you – I mean, there's so many sports drinks on the market nowadays, guys. You pick the one that tastes best for you. So we really want to make sure that we're drinking enough water on a day-to-day basis. Now, we also need to practice hydrating during our run. So what this means is hydrating during the run may feel unnatural. It may not feel normal and natural for you to be guzzling water while you're in the middle of pounding the pavement, but it's something that you need to practice. So I think a good, you know, intro to carrying hydration with you is to buy one of those handheld water bottles. I I mentioned earlier, I have a Nathan. This is not like a sponsored podcast or anything. That's just what I have, but go on Amazon, type handheld water bottle with, you know, into the the search bar or go to your local running store um, and get something that you can carry with you and just keep in your hand and practice taking sips. And as you practice taking sips, you're going to kind of intuitively realize whether you're a person that can kind of like take big gulps or like guzzle down a bunch of water and comfortably run, or if you're a person who needs to like frequently be sipping throughout the running experience, you know, there's no right or wrong way here. It's really just whatever feels most comfortable for your body. Now, if you are running in really hot weather uh, or really humid weather, humidity is actually, you know, especially dehydrating to our body, then it's important for you to really figure out a strategy to carry more liquid with you. So whether that's a belt that has those detachable water bottles kind of clipped on, whether it's running a loop and kind of just like having your water bottle stashed there and drinking it throughout your run and stopping and drinking it throughout your run, Um, or if it's a hydration vest and carrying, you know, those two liters, three liters, four liters with you during your run. Um, Here's the thing. Nobody likes carrying hydration. I, I, (laughs) You know, I kind of – I have like a very serious love-hate relationship with my hydration vest. I am so grateful to it because it really has helped me 
train for half marathons and marathons in the summer heat without having cramping and GI issues. Um, So it's a godsend for that reason. But at the same time, I hate filling it up. I hate cleaning it. I hate that it bumps against my back. I hate that I can't run in a sports bra with it because then it chafes my body. Like it fits me pretty well. You know, it's not the kind of thing where it's bumping, bumping, bumping and driving me nuts. Um, But it it weighs, you know, it weighs something because you have two liters of water in there. Um, And it's annoying. Like I, I, you know, I'm in my dream scenario. I'm throwing a sports bra on, a pair of shorts, and I'm running out the door. And I don't have to like get this vest ready and, you know, wear it. And it's, it's honestly, it's not that bad now that I'm doing it. But like, definitely, I feel like when I first take it out for the season, like, I had to do that a few weeks ago um, because it's July here. So a few weeks ago, I had to like, you know, have that moment of reckoning of like, dang, I need the, I need the hydration vest and like going and digging it out and setting it up and, you know, having the extra step of having to clean it. And it's just annoying. Like it's annoying and I don't want to have to deal with it, but it's not worth having GI issues. Right. So, um, Practicing with a hydration vest, finding a hydration vest that fits you, definitely recommend going to a, a sports store or a running store to find a hydration vest that fits your body. Um, and then also um, just practicing with it and realizing like it's unnatural at first, but then before you, once you're like a mile in, you forget you're wearing it. Like it just, you know, it just is like the same as like the first time you like wore a running belt and it bothered you and then you got used to it. It's you, you get used to it. Okay. So then practicing sipping, you know, frequently throughout. So I'm a person, I can take big guzzles and gulps um, during a hot weather run and it's comfortable in my belly, but all of my clients are different depending on just like who you are and how your your aton- your anatomy is set up. And then I think the most important thing is just practicing. Like, yeah, the first time I ever carried hydration with me, I wasn't able to guzzle all this water, but I've been practicing this now for years. So Carrying hydration with you is huge. And then last but not least, I would say making sure that if you're going on a run that's longer than an hour, and especially if it's hot or humid outside, but really this this is like a year like a year round recommendation, even if it's cooler where you live, is making sure you're carrying a sports beverage. So not just taking water with you, but taking a sports beverage or taking water with salt tabs. Okay. So carrying salt tabs with you and taking some kind of electrolyte with you during your run, because it's not just a matter of needing water and fluid. It's also a matter of actually you're sweating out salt. Okay. And all of us kind of sweat out these different electrolytes at different rates. Some of us are heavy calcium sweaters. Some of us are heavy magnesium sweaters, you know, but sodium is the one that is lost most prevalently. Right. And, and sodium is what's found in salt. And so you're you're sweating out all these electrolytes and those electrolytes the way I like to think about them is if you like turn on a light switch right in your house and that electric current is running through your house to make the lights go on that's kind of what electrolytes are doing so when we have enough electrolytes it's like the light switch is on so that your muscles can you know pump energy and um like kind of function correctly right but if you're running low on electrolytes and it's like kind of like you're flicking the light switch on and off 
um, then basically, you know, you're not able, you're going to cramp, like you're not going to feel good because your muscles aren't working, you know, the way they, they're not getting that steady stream of electric current essentially to, to function appropriately. So we really want to try and keep the light switch on. We want to make sure we have enough electrolytes. And if we're sweating during our movement, we really want to make sure we're having some kind of sports beverage. Um, and, you know, preferably something with calories. So not choosing, you know, calorie-free noon, but rather doing a noon endurance or some other sports beverage that has calories in it. Okay. So we kind of now are like sitting here and we're like, okay, Serena, so you're telling me that these severe cramps are from not drinking enough. You're like, it doesn't seem possible <laughs> that that's the reason why. And And I remember like just having that moment of like, that cannot be true. Like, it cannot be true that not drinking enough water is the reason I'm having diarrhea. Like, it, it seemed kind of counterintuitive to me because I was like, I'm dehydrated, so therefore my body's reaction is to lose more water in stool. Like, how does that make sense? Um, I don't know why that's what the body does, <laughs> but but it is what happens. So let's talk about, well, I guess I know, I so, so the process of, you know, why, um, the gut is sensitive to dehydration. So essentially like what is happening to cause all this cramping and diarrhea, it's not completely understood by the scientific community. It's not like there's not like a strong camp that's like this is the reason. Like let me spell it out for you. This is the reason. It really is very much like something that's still being studied, but there are a few theories of like why, like I said, it seems so counterintuitive, why you're dehydrated and your body's reaction is to actually like lose all this fluid and diarrhea. So what's essentially happening is that when you are becoming dehydrated, you know, if we think about your blood, okay, your blood, the liquid of your blood, the blood volume is affected by hydration. If you have you know, if you're dehydrated, your blood is going to be stickier. And so basically what's going to happen is that you're essentially going to have reduced blood flow to the GI system, right? To your digestive system. So remember your digestive system, it's like your esophagus, your stomach, your small intestine, your large intestine, all these things are working together to get the food, um, you know, into your body and assimilate it into your bloodstream so you can use energy. So if there's not proper blood flow going to that those organs, the digestive system, then the system is going to not work, right? Like think of any system in your body. If you're not getting enough blood to your brain, bad things are going to happen, right? Like we like oxygenated blood to get to our organ systems. Like I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with me there. So when you have reduced blood flow to your digestive system because you have less blood volume, um, because you're not drinking enough, your hydration status is compromised, it basically affects the normal secretions of your digestive system and it's going to affect the absorption. Okay, so essentially what's happening is your gut becomes more permeable. If we think of like leaky gut, I feel like that's like a very popular like trendy thing to complain about in diet culture is like, oh my God, my gut is leaky. I ate gluten, right? Like, okay, well, there's no evidence to say if someone who doesn't have celiac disease is going to get a leaky gut from gluten, but there's really strong evidence that if you're looking for a leaky gut and you're a runner, just skip your hydration strategy, right? Because that actually is going to make our gut leaky. The other thing that's happening is that as we are um, as we are getting hotter and hotter and we're not controlling our 
body temperature correctly because if you're getting to the point where you are so dehydrated that you actually have less sweating, right? So think about it. You're you're sweating profusely because you're so hot and then you're not replacing that water loss with hydration because you forgot to like bring your water bottle with you on your three-hour run. And then your body is so low on fluids that it no longer can produce sweat adequately to lower your body temperature. And what that actually can also cause is elevated core body temperature can cause GI dysfunction as well. So those are kind of like the working theories of like why dehydration has such an impact on diarrhea and such an impact on malabsorption and cramping and nausea. Um, and and here's like here's like the best part. <laughs> of this whole thing, right? Is just because you come home from a run and you are, you know, having severe cramping and diarrhea, it doesn't mean your body doesn't actually want water and nutrients, right? Like think about what the solution is. The solution is electrolytes, which are like nutrients, right? And fluid. And yet you're having diarrhea and cramping. And so you don't take those things in and you just make the, you just make your body even worse off, right? Like you're actually not facilitating recovery. You're not facilitating improved performance. And then also you're not fixing the problem, which is that your body, your gut is leaky because you're dehydrated and don't have enough electrolytes in your system to make things feel you know, normal, right? To feel to feel optimal. So it's it's just this like ironic pathway. And I think it's one of those times where, you know, I I always joke around with my clients and I'm like, intuitive eating is not necessarily intuitive, especially when it comes to us as runners. And we really like to think of running nutrition as self-care, right? So if we're talking right now about if I drink, if I have a hydration strategy, like if, you know, you sit down with your dietitian or you figure it out on your own and you make that a hydration strategy to make sure you're drinking enough during the day, to make sure you're hydrating correctly during your run, to make sure you're hydrating with the right, the right fluid during your run, and to also make sure you're getting enough nutrients and electrolytes during your run, right? Then what that's going to do for you is not only is it going to improve performance and it's going to optimize recovery and facilitate the growth of new stronger muscles so you become fitter and faster but it's also going to prevent you know a, a poop storm of diarrhea and cramping like you know I'm not exaggerating a poop storm it's going to stop the poop storm and you know so so in this way of looking at sports nutrition, it's literally self-care. It's almost like saying instead of eating that chicken that has salmonella on it and getting food poisoning, why don't you eat this other piece of chicken that does not have salmonella on it, right? And it's kind of like when you decide I'm going to go for a run and not be well hydrated and not be well fueled, it's almost like eating the chicken that's going to give you food poisoning. Like it's choosing to get crampy and sick and exhausted and fatigued and tired and diarrhea and nausea and also, you know, bite yourself in the butt so you can't become stronger and fitter because you don't have the nutrients and the adequate nutrition to help you out there. So sometimes intuitive eating is literally like it's like it's doing something beforehand, you know, 
understanding sports nutrition, understanding how to think like a sports dietitian so that you can go out of your way to prevent discomfort from happening, like prevent sugar cravings or prevent overeating or in this case, preventing, you know, dehydration causing diarrhea and and, uh, cramping. And so sports nutrition and intuitive eating, when we're thinking about pairing those two things, it is really important to realize that some of these sports nutrition principles are are there to act like a self-care practice. It's not a rule. It's not like your dietitian or me. It's not like I'm going to yell at you and be like, how dare you go on that run dehydrated? Like, listen, you're an autonomous being. You can do whatever you want with your body. You can make decisions that work best for you. I'm not here to tell you what to do with your body. But I am here to teach you, hey, did you are you starting to realize that if you go into your run dehydrated and you don't have a proper fueling and hydration plan, did you notice you have this severe consequence, right? Like you are fatigued, you're exhausted, your head aches, you have cramping, nausea, whatever. And what do you think? Do you think next time you go running rather than just going out there willy-nilly, <clears throat> you know, without a hydration plan, do you think next time you think you're going to prioritize wearing the vest and hydrating correctly or carrying the water bottle and hydrating correctly, whatever whatever it is, right? That's how we kind of frame sports nutrition within this world of intuitive eating because, yeah, it's not intuitive to say – like I, I just told you, like I if I was to go running right now, my dream, even though it's 92 degrees outside, is to go out there in, you know, a sports bra and shorts and my running – my running shoes and not have to deal with the hassle of the hydration vest. But because it's 92 degrees outside, there's there's no other option for me. Like if I'm going to go run an hour or more right now, I'm definitely wearing that hydration vest. Like because I don't want to have to deal with the consequence of being dehydrated and how horrible that feels. And also because I care about my body. Even let's say if it's like this borderline situation, like maybe if I go out for only quote unquote an hour, maybe I wouldn't get severely sick because it's not long enough. But honestly, I know I'm putting my body in a situation where it's getting slightly leaky, the gut, and it's getting really stressed out because I'm not hydrating correctly. And why would I want to do that to my body? Right? Like I treat my body the way I treat a loved one with respect, the way I treat a teammate, right? I'm trying to set myself up for success. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to grab my, you know, hydration vest and just throw it on and go on my merry way to make sure I'm taking the best care of my body. Okay. (laughs) So hopefully today's lesson was helpful. Hopefully, if you're somebody who's been struggling with runner trots or GI issues, you now can, you know, try evaluating am I drinking enough water during the day or enough, you know, hydration during the day? Am I making sure to bring hydration with me on runs? And when I'm running more than an hour, am I bringing a sports beverage with me? This is the kind of stuff that we dive really deep into in Food Freedom Fit Fam. You know, the first part of the program is about healing your relationship with food, kind of that more general learning how to respect your body, learning how to listen to your body, how to work with your body. And then the second half of the program, 
you literally get this form and it's your fueling plan, your personalized fueling plan, and you learn how to fill it out. What's my ideal pre-workout snack? What's my ideal fueling situation? My ideal hydration plan? And so this is the kind of stuff we deep dive into as food freedom athletes. So if this is your jam, um, definitely make sure you send me a DM at Serena Marie RD on Instagram and I can throw you on the wait list for the next time the program is open. Our doors are closed right now to Food Freedom Fit Fam. Um, and we can just chat a little bit about, you know, what kind of got you interested in becoming a food freedom athlete. Um, but otherwise, I hope somebody has learned something today. This was the most life-changing thing for me. It really changed my relationship with running and training for long distances because obviously life's better when you're not like stuck in the bathroom all day after running for two hours. Um, so I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for listening. And like I said, make sure if you have any questions or you want to chat more about sports nutrition that you send me a dm on instagram at serena marie rd thank you for joining us if you're a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body head to serena to download my free runner's guide to better body image and if you're trying to conceive head over to freedom.fertility on instagram to grab your free starter guide for food freedom fertility nutrition